0: Alright, this episode we're going to be talking about the Rolling Stones self-titled album. In the room I have Rob, hey. Sean, Hi. Adam, mm-hmm. and Ben.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: Alright, glad to have you. Uh, the Rolling Stones is the debut album by the English band of the same name, released by Decca Records in the UK on the 16th of April 1964. The American edition of the LP Uh, with a slightly different track list, came out on London Records on the 30th of May, 1964, with the subtitle England's Newest Hitmakers, which later became the official title. It was produced by Andrew Lug owen and Eric Easton. Uh, The genre is obviously rock and roll and rhythm and blues. After building a following uh, with energetic live performances of blues and rock standards, the Rolling Stones were quickly on the way to success in 1963. In contrast with the Beatles, the Stones had an unmatched clothing, long hair, and an unclean appearance. Their manager, Andrew Lug Olin, said he wanted to make the Stones' image of that of a, quote, a raunchy, gamey, unpredictable bunch of undesirables. Decca Records, which had declined uh, to enter into a deal with the Beatles, gave the Rolling Stones a record contract with favorable terms. The band got three times a normal act's uh, typical royalty rate, full artistic control of records, and ownership of the recording master tapes, and the deal also let the band use non-Decca recording studios. The self-titled debut shows confidence as the young group still in its infancy, bangs through 12 solid tracks of r and and blues hits and never lets up. The album tracks like a classic jukebox, with songs like Route 66, Willie Dixon's I Just Want to Make Love to You, Jimmy Reed's Honest I Do, Chuck Berry's Carol and James Moore's I'm a King Bee and more. The album's only original track from Mick Jagger and Keith Richards is called Tell Me and gives a glimmer into the early Stone style that would later make the group rock legends. Upon its release... The album became one of 1964's biggest sellers in the UK, staying at number one for 12 weeks. What did we think of the debut by the Rolling
2: Stones? Snor- Frame
1: it. Put it on the wall. Fucking <laughs> Snoresville,
2: dude. Oh, <laughs> I can't. I,
1: oh, oh, oh. oh, no. You
2: know, I, I never thought I'd say that, like, Shit, that Beatles record that we listened to a few weeks back was better than the fucking Stones, but fuck this shit. Oh, oh. man, Come what, swinging. what is it? Is it eleven tracks of covers and one original? Yes, fuck it is. Fuck that. Yes, it is. Fuck that. The, at least the Beatles had the balls to actually write shit. This is bullshit, and I fucking I. Hate the Beatles.
1: <laughs> I know you. And do. I'm mad at the Stones now. Is it, uh, Stones wrote songs, just not at this. They just uh, weren't there yet. Yeah, the, and, the book actually explains it pretty why, clearly.
3: That like uh, the the material they weren't gross. writing yet, and these guys were party animals. And I think they were. They're playing the music, they're into doing what they're doing, and this is just a glimpse of Yeah, I'm
0: kinda with Rob on this one because this is a bad place to start. And why is why would this album why would they start with this album? I'm a little surprised.
3: I'm a little surprised it's in the book. Because um I don't f I mean I guess you get a taste of like their influences and their take on their influences, but uh it's very uh it's very odd to have eleven out of twelve covers. It's it's like a little bit of their personality, but it's not all there yet. But yeah. it does
4: tell you where we got the white garage sound, mm-hmm. and you know that became very important. I mean, like, and also the one original, I think, like the nerves can attribute their entire sound to that one song. <laughs> <laughs> so it it made a huge impact. Man, I
1: didn't put that together before we got there, but that's right. good. Yeah. yeah,
4: like I think you know, I agree. It's annoying. It's mostly covers, and they totally ripped off black artists, and that they were very blatant about it. They they were huge fans, and they were open about it. I kind of like
3: that. I yeah. kind of like that they... I mean, I kind of like that they were very open about it. Uh, they actually... Yeah. They were they totally happy end, to talk about it. Just doesn't
4: their, make it okay. But, you know, I think...
3: They're happy to talk about their influences. And yeah. And they actually, if you know more about the Rolling Stones in later years, they made huge efforts to uh, get people... You know, they would take out all the... Classic artists that influence them yeah. and promote them, but
0: I think this is an why, album of why the time. Why this record?
3: Yeah. Like, why why this
1: why
2: the, now? I think the it
3: was book an opportunity actually, for
1: them. The book has a good line in it that like I I, I I like this record. I, I've liked this record for a while. Uh, it's like it's like the beginning of that garage rock sound. It's the first record I think that we've talked about where rock and roll sounds dangerous. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. where like your par- like your parents don't want you listening to this. And the line from the book I like. Says says, uh, with this record, the Stones established a reliable template. Take a blues tune, make it harder, faster, and scarier. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing, and I think it works. Have they made a whole career out of that template? No, fuck these guys. But it was just a jumping-off point.
2: Yeah. I, I, in my brain, I just see a bunch of 20- 20 and 21-year-old little fucking mods flailing around that's what they were and and,
3: but that was exciting oh
4: god I mean okay when I think about what it was like you know like when we listened to the Beatles earlier and you had the teen girl screaming thing and you know like for me I was like oh you know I can't engage with that as a former teen girl but then with this I think when I was a teen girl that totally would have excited me like I liked the white stripes when I was 14 mm -hmm. and so like this would have been my white stripes well don't worry
2: there's like five of those I know we'll get there
4: no I'm good
3: yeah (laughs)
0: think yeah maybe rob and i are thinking of it in a different context of why why this book why choose this one because it's the same for me with like a bob dylan and the same with the beatles like their first albums not that strong Mm -hmm. not that strong at all and you could there's plenty of rolling stones albums that are going to come later that are just killer albums. How many
1: of them do we get to talk about? I haven't I, looked
0: ahead. I'm sure there's at least, 100. I can think in my in my head, <laughs> at least five that have to be in here. I mean,
4: with like this, it's like the one big advantage of 1001 albums in this whole book is the benefit of retrospect and yeah. seeing, seeing the impact that this had on sure, the sounds sure. going forward. So, yeah, maybe it's not like an amazing album and doesn't like blow your hair back when you listen to it, but if you think about what came after this and how a lot of it would have sounded so much different without
2: this. I when, yeah. when when I when I read that we we're gonna be you know doing the uh, Rolling Stones like you know first record I was like oh cool you know I'll, at least like I'll be able to like you know compare like what was going on you know Beatles first record versus this and it's like Jesus fucking Christ it's a cover record mm-hmm. like that's
1: the, that, that, so is the Dusty I, I'm just yeah. very
2: disappointed in the Rolling Stones
1: <laughs> here's you're, you're not mad <laughs> with the, the
0: you say the Dusty but. Me, I'm. I have a hard time with my own prejudice because I am very familiar with the other blues, uh, the you know blues musicians doing these songs, and I'm way into those songs. But if I was in the UK and I hadn't heard those songs, and this was being performed to me, I'd be like, "That's amazing! That's so incredible! That's the coolest thing!" But you know, looking back on this, I feel like they are not the best.
4: They didn't really have the benefit of understanding the effects of race on music at that point. Yeah. I, you know, like maybe they saw it and were aware of it, but they didn't know we know. And I think if you're, you know, a young person and you like a certain song or type of music, your first instinct in your band is to cover it.
0: I think I'm disappointed. You're disappointed that in this is the, teenagers. this would be the jumping <laughs> off point. If we're recommending yeah. these albums to people, this right. is kind of a weird, just to recommend this one that doesn't really person. It only personifies them as a, this is their debut album the playing is uh I mean if you they think of they it get like this. so much better they get so so much better
3: I agree but like think of it like this so you know we've we've been introduced to these Beatles records which I mean the word that that came up to me with some of their earlier ones was adorable and you know I like that I mean they're great songs really jangly really strong stuff but like this is not adorable this is definitely a little darker it's definitely like way more like sexy and even, you know, it's a, it's more aggressive. Um, but I think the real value is even if it's not that these songs are, are, you know, theirs or, you know, particularly amazing, they are introducing themselves to the younger audience that this is the introduction of a lot of the, these songs to a foreign and younger audience. Yeah. And these cute bad boys are bringing it to that crowd. And by when they're a little bit older and a little more together, They'll yeah. they'll write their songs, but I think that it's it's valuable in there because yeah. it's it's about it's it's about reaching those those teenagers, and all of a sudden these teenagers are listening to dangerous music. Also,
4: it's we're not a- looking for sorry, we're not looking for genius here. I mean, I don't think we have been up to this point either. It's just it's just different. We haven't heard a record that sounds like this at this point at all on the list, you know. And there were some other like.
1: I, I mean, we, muddy cov- waters. They're covering blues songs, yeah. but this is a rock and roll record. Yeah. That's
0: true. That's true. This is pulling in more rock and roll mm-hmm. influences. Yeah, and this
3: song's recorded in the red. Like you could hear that guitar. Like yeah. it's a, mm-hmm. it's like a, a more aggressive recording techniques. I I don't know. Like I I agree. Like I was when I when I looked in, I was like, man, these are all covers. And because uh, I don't think I have this record. I have a bunch of their albums on vinyl, but like I don't have this one. And I was a little disappointed because I never really thought about what's their first record. They're just so prolific, and they've been around for fifty-five years. You just—that's not how I think of them. Gotta but, start uh, somewhere. Yeah, but um, yeah. so for me, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting that it's yeah. all covers and yeah. that they weren't good at songs songwriting yet." And I think it—I it, <laughs> think it, that's kind of cool. <laughs>
0: I heard because of how well it sold too. Because I kind of looked at the record sales of number two and. 12 by 5 and, you know, Aftermath. But this one sold really well, and I think that's getting a little more attention because of the sales.
1: Hmm. I, I, I heard a story uh, about the Rolling Stones. I don't know. It might just be one of those folk tales. But the Stones, at this point, they were... Actually, it wasn't that they weren't songwriters. They weren't writing Rolling Stone songs. Uh, Richards and Jagger wrote... At this point, I think they'd already written a song for Mary Faithful. And they'd written a few other songs that the Stones hadn't recorded. Uh, so they weren't they weren't writing Rolling Stones songs. And what I heard was they were kind of fine with it. And uh, I don't know if it was uh, Lug Oldham. I think it may have been Andrew Lug Oldham. Basically said, like, if you're going to be competing in the same arena as bands like the Beatles, you're going to need to be able to write a song. And he locked Mick Jagger and Keith Richards in a kitchen and wouldn't let them out until they had written some songs. And kind of just like, like kind of broke broke that. Uh, it's not even writer's block because it never started. But just kind of like broke through that whatever tension there was. They wrote some songs, got more comfortable with it. And then actually started writing Rolling Stone songs. Again, that might just be a folk story. Yeah. But I always thought it was kind of cool. Yeah.
4: Well, also like this is, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm
3: sorry. I just noticed that um, they actually wrote the song Little by Little as well. And under a nom de plume. Because it says in the book here that they were not confident as songwriters yet, so they even wrote one and just put it under a different name because they just weren't feeling like they were. What were you gonna say? Well, I just think
4: like in the you know natural progression of like after the Beatles and the the whole British Invasion thing, like they had to take it in a new direction. You know, if somebody else is pulling the strings, like producer, or whoever, manager, like they wanted them to be harder and faster and crazier and rougher, and to like. Where else were they going to look but like blues and stuff? Especially these guys already knew their shit in that in that regard, you know.
3: They're also asking them to do something totally new and like and write the songs. It's like, uh, okay, I'm still wrapping around my head around, you know, what what I'm trying to do.
4: Yeah, I I can't fault them for (laughs) being 21 and letting someone else call the shots and recording all these covers.
0: But we can judge it as as saying objectively, objectively, and, Mm -hmm. and kind of say, hey, is this like if you were to say. I had never heard the Rolling Stones, and you were like, I, I kind of want to go through their catalog. Mm-hmm. Which which one would you say, this is the first one, you know, of their original material? Would you just put it with the debut, or would you give me number two? You know, would you just give me Aftermath?
4: Would you, you, know, put, would you put a different record in its place by a different band, of saying, like, this is the first kind of garage sounding Well, I'm just... I'm like, saying
0: the Beatles, I wouldn't put their first record. There's no yeah, way. No, There's I no that, way I'd yeah. put that first Bob Dylan record. Just start with, you know, Free Will and just start with... I mean, I was fine with the Beatles with the, with the the Beatles because it showed something. But seriously, Hard Day's Night, you could just say, just start with Hard Day's Night, you yep. know? And that's the same thing I, I think Rob and I are saying with the Rolling Stones. Great, you know... The, it's very cool for them to be energetic and and do these covers and kind of have their own take their own style but i think a lot of we're thinking at uh, of it as it's the Rolling Stones, and they're gods, like mm-hmm. rock gods. We all love the Rolling Stones. I think it's pretty unanimous. Rob shaking his head. No, no, no. no it, it, but,
2: it, it, it's like if they had left that chapter in the Bible about but, Jesus when he was fucking ten, and like he <laughs> killed a bird, but then he brought it back to life. Oh, cool! That's awesome. You know, from the oh, yeah, types. you know, not <laughs> not walking on water or anything. If in, you in, had
0: d- never heard this, and I put it on, and I was like, "This is by the band Wig Soup or something like that." <laughs> And you were listening to it, and you'd be like, yeah, that, this is okay. You know, I, I think that might put a, a little bit different spin on
2: things. Like, this, even listening to in our headphones right now, I'm zoning out, because it's, it's,
1: it's, it's, the
2: one, it's, one that
1: we're listening to right now is the one they wrote. I, yeah, and,
2: and, and that
4: says and a lot. <laughs> no, it was covered beautifully, but was it sh- wasn't Shangri-La's, yeah. was
0: it? I don't remember. One of my favorite things of doing research for this is, there's a live performance of, uh, tell me uh, the one they wrote in like the comments below like someone had put still my favorite Stone song it's the, their best song of all time <laughs> and I'm like who what No, I, the first song they ever wrote is like a, yeah. the best song <laughs> I work with the guys they they just quit while
1: they were ahead again.
2: I want your love again
4: Hard to reason with me But this time it's different in your same You gotta tell me you're coming
1: Yeah. Bizarre. I feel like
3: that is a classic boner move in which I mean, <laughs> that people do all the time where it's like you know they're just like first album first yeah. album's the best or like this song off the first album and it's like you really think that of this person's entire career of all the stuff they wrote that like especially when it's like a record that's clearly not their best work yeah. you know yeah. but 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 I think what they what they need to do is quantify it and say or, or qualify it and say um, I like this song because it gives you a taste of what's going to come later sure, and I yeah. feel like this is the first song that's like like this is the uh, prototype yeah. for some like a dozen great songs or similar I to it. Or
0: conceived to my first child but to, like, the, to this song. <laughs>
3: but that but, Right, right. But I feel like that's like from an objective musical standpoint that's the only way that like a song off like this type of record, or Beatles first record, can be viewed like, but you have to explain it. You need the context for a statement like that. Yeah.
1: This album was not my introduction to the Rolling Stones. I think my introduction to the Rolling Stones was probably hot rocks. Mm. Uh, And then I got into more of the album rock and then I kind of circled back around and got into this one. And from that perspective, it didn't at all rub me the wrong way. I I, I wasn't concerned like, Oh, what is this a cover band? Because I knew it was Rolling Stones. So the first time I heard this, I heard it as a record of what I considered fresh interpretations of classic blues songs, and I've always I've always liked it for that.
4: Cool. I agree with
0: that.
1: Cool. And there's that whole paradox of a bunch of like twenty-year-old British kids selling the blues back to America. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's kind of incredible.
2: <laughs> I mean, all of this shit was available to the Brits via the American radio GI Radio, right? That's how they that's how the stones were introduced to it. Like that that entire little generation that came up and made terrific music, like, mm-hmm. afterwards, like that that music was more accessible and available over
1: I think, England side than it was right. in the States itself. I don't think that the average nineteen sixty four a midwestern teenager knew I'm a king bee.
0: No, not at all. No, you know? no, they didn't have the like. That's de- uh, what. That's why, that's why they were kind of looking. They're kind of the looking youth. for mm-hmm. deep cuts and and things like that. Which, I mean, I'm like, I'm a huge like Cramps fan, and they have deep cuts. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of their songs, you wouldn't necessarily know that uh, those songs are covers because they did. They searched out those uh, 45s and. Uh, right. old records and and put their own spin on it so i'm i'm totally with doing that um and have your having your own attitude and performing it i just this to me like i guess we're to that point are we gonna should we recommend it i wouldn't recommend this as like the jumping off
2: point for the stones just my personal i, I, I opinion. wouldn't say this is a record you have to listen to yeah yeah i mean I I I again I take it over probably one of the five light stripe records that are going <laughs> to appear later in this book. Um, Let's but just uh, keep no, upping it. But There's but, 18 <laughs> right there. Well, by the time we're Check done, uh, they're, they're, they're very well maybe. They they keep updating this book. But no, like I I I wouldn't put this in here for the Stones like as a like a. It, it upsets me that, like, this is the one that they thought would be the the appropriate jumping-off
1: point. Do what? you think that it's in here just to be, like, a 1964 <clears throat> counterpoint yes, to I, the Beatles?
2: I, I, I think it's in here to be just that and the fact that it sold as much as it did. I think I mean, the sales it, it, But just because sales shouldn't dictate importance for a record to be inside this book. So, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll back off now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, um... Uh, and if sales were important, Brian Jones was the best. Harry voice uh, no. uh, <laughs> would be in this book exactly. I mean, something
4: I think is really interesting about this though is that like Mick Jagger was what like twenty twenty one, yes, and his vocal style did not change that much between then and now.
3: I was shocked by that too.
4: Yeah, and like that's kind of amazing because like, it's it's very affected. It's, it's not like fully he fully
3: realized. Yeah, That's yeah he's not yeah. a choir
4: boy. He's oh, no. like <laughs> singing with a, a He came style.
2: out of the womb as just a, a swaggering. Real, real dick. <laughs> <laughs> so he's basically like a
4: set of lips and, and like legs. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's a really Rooster great comment. Around. Because, yeah, I mean, I was... While well, I don't like totally disagree with some of the comments, but it's... This does sound like them. Yeah, you know, I think they just got their sound together with this record, and mm-hmm. it's just this is how it. This is how they made
4: it. The right.
1: Cover stones. album. It covers album. It sounds like a Stones album.
4: Yes, and the, well, the, I would,
1: the. I
3: would
0: say that the playing is not so strong though. I mean, they're. It's There's never been that they're strong. They're <laughs> None of
3: them are very good. <laughs> like, like I mean, like it's yeah, yeah. not what they're known right, but, but for. But Mick Jagger is
4: so singular, and he's been singular since the very beginning.
3: They, they're a style band. You know, they've yeah. always been a style band, and they—I think they focused on their style with this record. I think it deserves to be in the book, even though I don't think it's the, the strongest offering. You know, I think it deserves to be in there because they ha- it does sound like them but you see how they you see how they got there by yeah. by learning and worshiping other people's material
0: well and that's what I, w- I was wondering maybe maybe it's worth it just to see the origin i just of think it's the, a, interesting you know, that it's
3: a different evolution mm-hmm, uh, yeah. than you know especially cuz it's always the stones and the beetles yeah, and get like the
1: style locked down and then work on the substance is an interesting strategy and it worked for them you know what yeah, yeah. yeah. i
3: mean and it's not the way i would do things right. but i'm fascinated that they did it yeah.
1: <laughs> Can we talk about how, how cool the album cover is, it and is about cool. how they pulled off what the Beatles couldn't get done? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, the album cover, uh, no words other than Decca, the record label, and it's just dark, dark shot, all of them standing, looking at the camera, not smiling. Doesn't say Rolling Stones anywhere. Uh, a year ago. The Beatles tried to do the same thing. Label wouldn't release it, almost didn't even release it with the, the, the when it said uh, uh, the Beatles, because they still weren't smiling. <laughs> Finally, like, they, they compromised. They, they got the no smiling pictures, but had to put the Beatles. But what the Beatles wanted was, was the cover where just the image spoke for itself yeah. and they weren't smiling. Uh, Parlophone wouldn't do it, but Decca would do it for the Stones.
0: And then America ruined it by putting a big, the Rolling Stones, England's, <laughs> England's newest no hit, hit makers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No chill. <laughs> no chill. No subtlety. America, we
3: love our branding. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so yeah, the American release uh, was a little bit different. It, nearly identical, but uh, not Fade Away by uh, Buddy Holly. Uh Ben was no- noting that uh, Bo Diddley's Mona was taken away, and another song that sounds like has the Bo Diddley beat was uh, put into the, uh, as the first track. Yeah, remove the Bo <laughs> Diddley
1: song and include a song that sounds like a Bo Diddley song. <laughs> it's the American way. Uh, good deal.
2: Yeah, uh, hot take.
1: <laughs> hot rock. All, All
0: right. right, next uh, time we'll be talking about Buck Owens and his buckaroos, I've Got a Tiger by the Tail. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
4: Baby back, dressed in black Silver buttons all down her back how tips tip of the toes She broke the needle and she can't slow Walking
2: the dog I'm just a walking the dog